first one of you that says to me, Pastor, I want Lord thee I love with all my heart sung at my funeral will establish themselves as my favorite member of our Redeemer. (laughs) Of course I don't have favorites. (laughs) Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from Luke 16, our Holy Gospel. Abraham said to the rich man, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. This is God's word. I admit I've found myself these last three weeks, a little bit frustrated. I'm just being a little bit open and honest with you all here. I had visions of sending out a letter to the membership of our congregation saying, we're going to do a special sermon series. We're going to bring back donuts after church. We're going to gather our family together. And I had visions of, be quite frank, a lot more people here on Sunday mornings the last few weeks. And I'm reminded just how tough it is in the world in which we live to be the church. And indeed, there are struggles we face that, frankly, a lot of churches face. It's not unique to our Redeemer. And I know you get to kind of absolve yourself here at the outset because, well, you're all here this morning. Um, you know, the, the challenge remains that we, we have as we've talked about family, a lot of family who aren't here. And that should give us grief, and it definitely gives me grief and leads to that frustration. And then on top of that, we as the church are called to a mission to reach out, to bring more into the family. And so when you look at Jesus' parable from Luke 16 and you see what afflicted the rich man, you see that it is indeed true that there is nothing new under the sun. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day which is not wrong. It is not wrong to wear nice clothes. It is not wrong to have money. It is not wrong to eat well day in and day out. But in contrast with a poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores, who wanted to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table, who even had dogs coming to lick his sores, the contrast could not be more stark. The rich man put all his hope and comfort and security in this world. Not in the life to come. And you know, when you get right down to it, the issues of culture that we face, that we as the church wrestle against, 
they all kind of come down to the same matter of people who are concerned about their comfort in this life. Because there's no hope or promise in the life to come. That makes it incredibly difficult for us as the church to break through to that. Jesus' parable is a timeless truth. The world emphasizes earthly comfort and happiness. And Jesus contrasts that with a man who literally had nothing in this world. And so it happened that when each of them left behind this earthly life, their roles were completely reversed. And doesn't the rich man know it? He cries out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. Notice how this rich man He's in a fiery hell. And yet his first instinct is to be concerned about his own discomfort and to view Lazarus as some sort of servant of his. Someone beneath him. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. What an arrogant man. So Abraham... Responds to him, child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now, Abraham tells him, everything's turned around. Now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. He explains to him, no one goes back and forth between heaven and hell. It's interesting, there's really no indication that those who are in heaven can see into hell apart from Abraham here. And this is a parable that Jesus is telling. But boy, do those who are in hell know exactly what they're missing out on. And so finally, the rich man, knowing there's no comfort for him there, there's no water to cool his tongue, his suffering will continue and continue. Isn't it interesting, this rich man becomes the most willing missionary that ever lived. You know, hell is filled with believers and would-be missionaries. Those who are in hell know precisely that God is who he says he is, his word is true, and Christ is indeed the Savior of the world. Perhaps they know it best of all because they know what they have missed out on. And so, this rich man begs to Father Abraham, I beg you, Father, send him. He still wants Lazarus to do his bidding. Send him to my father's house. I have five brothers so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham tells them they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. When Abraham refers to Moses and the prophets, all he's talking about is the Bible. 
which at that point, of course, only contained the books of Moses and the prophets, the Old Testament. The New Testament hadn't been written yet, of course, in Jesus' time, but it would be. They had the word of God. Let them hear that. The rich man, before dying and going to a fiery hell, had the word of God. Lazarus, the poor man also, had the word of God. And you know what? We do as well. It's not enough, of course, for the rich man. No, Father Abraham, I tell you, if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. In other words, if we take that word of God and we gussy it up enough and show them some kind of miraculous sign or bait and switch them somehow, then they'll believe that word. He said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Jesus' parable teaches us a reality that we do well as the church to remember. Sometimes people hear the word and they reject it. Sometimes people refuse to hear it at all, even though they have it. Sometimes people don't believe. Isn't that the truth for us as the church? As we, the family, gather and continue to gather, some will hear it and reject it. Others will refuse to hear it at all. Some won't believe. And yet, the constant that remains. Because there's a little bit of hope in what Abraham tells this rich man. They have Moses and the prophets. They have the word. And so do we. And so for the sake of the mission of the church, the growing of the family, the only tool given to us by God is the only one that is needed. The word that gives us Jesus. The word that confronts us with our sin and our failings, which are many across the board in you and in me. That word that convicts us of our sin also holds forth the cross of the one who did rise from the dead. And yet still many did not believe. All we can do is hear the word and go forth 
with the word. As members of the family who realize those who aren't part of the family are missing out on the greatest gifts possible. It begins in our homes, in our families, where mommies and daddies are to be missionaries to their children, to point them to Jesus, to bring them to the altar, to be fed and nourished and show them. As great as the family is we belong to here on this earth, there is nothing greater than this family of God. It is indeed the family of utmost importance. With a father who loves us and continues to feed us and nourish us. There is indeed a world around us, and we get pulled into it often as well, don't we? That is placing all their hope and their confidence in vain, empty things that will pass away as soon as this life is gone. Earthly pleasure, earthly comfort, earthly happiness, we're pulled toward it as well. Already tempted by the fact that the Packers kick off at 8.30 next Sunday. don't think I haven't noticed. I was reminded of that before the service. Be comfortable to sit at home and focus on the things of this earth. But there is something greater and better than anything this world can offer. And that is the family to which every one of you belongs. And you know what? Here's the thing. Everyone out there, they already belong to the family. It's not a matter of bringing them into the family as though they're not already part of it. Everyone whom God has made is his child. You don't get to pick which family you're a part of. That's the case with every one of us. Whether by birth or by adoption or by marriage, a family is what we're brought into. I don't get to pick and say, I'm going to be a part of the Thornton family now. Or I'm going to be a part of the Guy family now. It doesn't work that way. I was given a family. I also married into a family, but they welcomed me as part of their family. I didn't say, okay, you guys get to be my family now. It didn't work that way. And so it is with every person whom God has created in this world. They are all his dear, beloved children. The sad reality is many of them don't know it. And we even forget it as well. Our worship, as we talked about two weeks ago, is the gathering together of the family. Our stewardship, as we talked about last Sunday, is the work we share in together as the family. And our mission is bringing those whose lives are filled with void and emptiness and vanity 
It's showing them where the true riches are found. Despite my frustrations, and I know I'm not unique in that. It comes, comes with the territory of pastoral ministry. Uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, St. Paul lists out the qualifications of being an overseer. That word means pastor. So if you want to know what standards you should hold me to as your pastor, they're right there in 1 Timothy chapter 3. And I take comfort that among all the things which I aim to hold myself up to, and I know I fail in them as well, I must repent and go back to those things over and over. I thank God that one of the requirements listed for a pastor is that he be able to grow the church. Because it's not possible for pastors to do it or even you to do it. St. Paul points out in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 when he talks about how the Corinthian church came to be. He talks about how Apollos, one of his colleagues in the ministry, came and baptized many of them and then continued the work that Paul had started there. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. God grows his church. And sometimes people don't believe, like the rich man. Sometimes people reject his word. Sometimes people forget who their true family is. So what I ask of you on this day, as we do indeed want to be a church, that reaches the world around us, our community, our nation, our world. It all begins with that word. Because in that word, in Holy Scripture, that the rich man rejected, that he was afraid was not enough for his brothers who remained on earth, in that word, you know your Father loves you. And Jesus is the proof. So what I ask you to do today is to go from this place with the conviction that there is nothing greater in this world and in all of eternity than being a part of this family right here where Jesus Gives his blood for sinners, for every one of you and for me and for the rest of the world around us. There is no greater place to be than in this family of God. To be his children. Than to know the riches of what God gives us here. That our Lutheran understanding that here at this altar is the very body and blood of Jesus Christ. He is here, brothers and sisters, with you and me. What more could we ask of our God than that someone should rise from the dead and show himself to us
he has for you. And if we can go from this place knowing what a family we are part of, what blessing it is to be children of the Heavenly Father, well, then why wouldn't we want to tell everyone else about it? Though we come and go, though sometimes people are here and sometimes they aren't, though pastors come and go, different ones fill the pulpit, though everything changes and stirs around us, do you know what doesn't change? That. Jesus with his family, with his brothers and sisters, with the ones he's ransomed with his blood. There is a very simple recipe to the growth of the church. The word. Where you find Jesus. Where he never fails to be there for you. Though others don't believe, trust in this. Here, his body and blood are found for the forgiveness of your sins, for a life that can never be taken from you. Take that. Tell others about that. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.